still work is this on hello hello well i just need to check because we took a little bit of a break and we are back after a cleveland browns victory one that kind of seems hollow because the browns are out of the playoff race um but uh i'll tell you what that second half was pretty exciting if you were looking for some glimpses into uh what deshaun watson could be going into next year um, first half was almost as bad as the Texans game. The second half was Deshaun Watson before all the stuff that happened with him happened. So it was an extreme dichotomy. The Browns end up winning the game 24 to 10 because the football team, AKA the commanders, uh, stink and their quarterback stinks real bad. Threw an interception on his first pass of the game. Threw two more interceptions in that game. And uh, was getting booed off the field after the first series. That takes some real talent to be booed that early in a game. Uh, what's up, everybody? I'm Dan, here with Steven. This is the LOTL Browns postgame show. Browns winners improved to 7-9 and nine on the season. Normally, you would think that that would be the end of the season, but... It is not because we have a 17th game, which we had last year too, so I guess that's not really a new thing. But Yes, in fact, today was the miscellaneous 17th game yes. uh, on our schedule. Uh, last year was Arizona, which was a total train wreck of a game. This one went much better. Yeah. That Arizona, that Arizona game uh, essentially ruined the Browns' season. Hastened the end of the Baker Mayfield era in Cleveland yes. and among other things. But that was last year. This is this year. Browns win, improved to 7-9. and nine. 24 to 10 over the football team. Sorry, the commanders. The football team. They are the commanders. <laughs> They're the commanders, a.k.a. the football team. The Washington commanders. You know, the funny thing is, is two weeks ago, I actually had some folks from D.C. in my lift card. I asked them, is it the Redskins, the commanders, or the football team? And nobody there seems to really have any consensus either. So <laughs> That's how you know you have a branding and a marketing problem. So nobody knows what to call your team. So, but... Uh, yeah, the Browns get a win. Uh, what does it mean in the grand scheme of things? I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I about blew a gasket in the first half when Kevin Stefanski decided to take three points off of the board and then go for it from fourth and goal from the four. Uh, yeah, they, that was bizarre. When they had already made the field goal. It's not like, no, it was a penalty on uh, on uh, you know uh, pre-snap penalty before you actually kicked it. No, you, we kicked it. We made the field goal. We put three points on the board, and then they get a five yard or a, uh, half the distance of the goal penalty. Not not a penalty that puts you at the one. It wasn't pi in the end zone. If if it would have been placed at the one yard line, I maybe could have gotten on board taking the points off the board and going for it. But not when you still have fourth and goal from the four, or the three or the four, whatever it was. That's just so stupid. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am. If it's the one, maybe the two, I could get behind that, yeah. but not from the four. Come on. And my and my 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 whole thing is it was early in the game, it was three nothing, and you're winning and you're chasing points. Why? You already 
the three points were good. They were literally on the board. Right. And you get the penalty, and you say, no, 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 we don't want that. Uh, we're going to go for it. I really wonder in situations like this, is this Stefanski or is this like Paul D. Podesta and his guys with the Sabre metrics, you know, basically saying this is what we should do in these situations? Because uh, it just does not make sense. It a feels lot of these calls if, are making, especially because our record of converting on fourth down is awful. Yeah. Period. Honestly, it would have been annoying to me if they hadn't made the, like it, like if the field goal hadn't been converted yet and they decided to go for it. It would have been annoying, but I would have been like, okay, I get that. I'm okay with being a little bit aggressive here. But the points were already on the board, and you took them away. Yeah. It's like it's like you are asking the football gods to mess with you at that point. Mm-hmm. You made the field goal, and especially you have a field goal kicker who has been struggling from a psyche standpoint. He just made you his second kick in the first quarter, and then you're basically telling him, Nah, I don't care about that. Uh, let's 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 take that off the board and let's go for it. How about you give your kicker a little bit of a boost by having him say, "Oh yeah, I made two out of two uh, to start the game." But yeah, that was just really annoying. Real, I was so annoyed. I was so annoyed. In lieu with that. of what happened in the second quarter, where the Commanders took the ball and then just didn't give it back for eleven minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, converted four third downs, including a. Actually, four third downs and and a fourth down, uh, including a third and 17. 21-play you know, drive. The, maybe the second longest drive I've ever seen in my life in any 21 game 21 in 11 minutes. And you got you got moron Joe Woods standing over there with, with, with his dip in and his hat pulled down almost over. You know what? He should have... For for the for the optics, he should have just pulled his hat all the way down over his eyes because that's the way he was calling that defensive series, like he was freaking blind. How do you let an offense run twenty one straight plays on one single drive? My goodness, that takes some talent right there. Well, you get, I mean, here you go. God. The Browns' defense has been horrible on third down all season, and that's yeah. you know with a couple of exceptions. I mean, they were good against the Bengals. They were good in a couple other games, but. You know, 80-20 rule, they've been really terrible on third down, and, you know, that was just another manifestation of that. And I got to tell you what, uh, I was very concerned with the play of the quarterback in the first half. Uh, it was very bad. It was horrific. Yeah. I mean, it looked it looked like he had reverted back to that first game back where he just looked like he was trying to play a different sport. I mean, that first half offensively, outside of Nick Chubb, was a complete and utter embarrassment. I don't think we had a pass and completed. Nick Chubb didn't have very many carries in the first half. I think he only had like five. Well, again, we didn't run very many plays in the first half. We almost had an entire quarter yeah, wiped out. Yeah, it doesn't because, help because, you know, 11 minutes without yeah, the ball Washington consecutively. Got, Washington <laughs> got the ball at the, at the was it, the four-yard line with like 11 minutes to go. Like, the Browns have made a, a – uh, the Browns have made a uh, habit of getting double-dipped end of first half, beginning of second half. Who knew that it was pretty much going to be from when Washington got the ball with 11 minutes left and then and then the start of the second half? Yeah, that would have never occurred to anybody in real time. 
I mean, I thought the, I, with 11 minutes left, you would expect that I think the Browns would have gotten the ball multiple the ball times twice yeah. in that time frame. They didn't get it once. Yeah. Crazy. Just absolutely horrific job. So, which yeah. is which is also, you know, I'm it's hard it's really hard for me to say anything bad about the defense. They gave up 10 points on the road and and you win by two touchdowns. I mean, that was really bad. But the rest of the game That one drive was really bad, but the rest of the game the rest they of the game were was excellent. Great. great. And one the of amount the, of pressure they put on the quarterback yes. today was absolutely yes. exemplary. Uh, Miles Garrett with another, I think, sack and a half, I believe. Mm-hmm. I know the one have, full sack he had, he was actually starting from linebacker position yeah. and and was you know getting a running head start. Yeah, that was really interesting. He just was right through the line and you know. Yeah. Uh, he played another great game. How about that interception by Denzel Ward on the first drive? There were some really good defensive plays today, and that was one. And How the about other one, Grant Delpit? Grant Delpit's intersection in the end zone, which, which is— Both of them. I mean— He had two picks. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest—you know, obviously, I think the biggest fault of the defense, uh, very early in the season, it was the lack of communication in the secondary and giving up big plays. Right. And then it turned into we couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense as far as running the ball. Uh. The other big thing about the defense, probably the first 13, 14 weeks of the season, we we couldn't create any turnovers. None. We had three interceptions today. Now, Carson Wentz loves to throw the ball oh, into two- and three-man coverage. It. He loves it. I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. That's loves a big it. factor here. Yeah. But, hey, if he's going to throw them up, as as a defender, you got to be able to come down with it, and they did it. So, kudos to them. Kudos to the the Browns secondary today. I thought they played really well. Uh, we gave up some yards on the ground, but you know they didn't really gash us at all. Uh, so overall, aside from that marathon of a drive in the second quarter that we gave up, I thought the defense played pretty well. I, I have no issues with the defense at all um, today, other than that obviously that marathon drive, and then the offense. It was just a complete tale of two halves. First half, they looked like they didn't know what they're doing. The second half, it looked like Deshaun Watson got a little swagger back. He threw three touchdown passes in the second half. Uh, threw two to Amari Cooper. Cashed that plus 190 on an Amari Cooper anytime touchdown. Definitely did that today as uh, as uh, sports betting has become legal in Ohio as of today. Uh, we will not say what sports book yet we will be using on LOTL uh, because we're, we're still deciding that, but... We'll decide that, and uh, you know, we're we're looking forward to doing some more. Uh, we're putting feelers out for the sponsorship. Yeah, that's right. Speak. Come on, pony up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you're a sports book out there and uh, you want to be the official sports book of LOTL, hit us up social media at the LOTL podcast. But anyway, uh, yeah. So cashed that. He ended up scoring another touchdown later in the game, which effectively put the game away. Uh, DPJ also got in the end zone, which was nice to see. Um, but yeah, I thought first, first off in the first half, I didn't think the Browns could pass block for crap. I mean, give, give Washington credit. They have a really good defensive line. They They, have have, one of the top defensive fronts in the league. They've had that for several years. They have a deep, they have a defensive tackle that has 10 and a half sacks on the season. A tackle, Deron Payne. That's impressive. Who is for me? Uh, he is objective number one for the Cleveland Browns in free agency this year is Deron Payne, defensive tackle. 100%. He's the guy I want more than anybody else. So, 
Um, what did uh, what did you think about the offense today? Honestly, I thought the offense was as good as we've seen it all year in that second half. They were running effectively. They were passing effectively. They were they were maybe not owning the line of scrimmage, but they were holding their own and they were they were making it so that Watson could you know go through progressions and not have to scramble out of the pocket like we saw in the first half and in some of these earlier games. Uh, it was all working. Um, and Cooper was was balling out. So was DPJ. So was Njoku. Njoku had several key key grabs. Uh, one was a long third, like a third and sixteen that we converted. So it everything was working, and I think it's a window into what the Browns potentially could be uh, come next season. If it, you laid it out at the beginning of the show perfectly, like you're looking at the two scenarios for like best case and worst case for what next year could be for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Second half of this game here was probably a best case scenario. The Browns mm-hmm. are slinging it around. They're running the ball effectively. Yeah. Uh, Stefanski is, is running plays that allow, you know, using Nick Chubb as a decoy at times and, and, you know, outscored Washington, Washington is pulling it down and, yeah. and using his legs. They outscored Washington 21, three in the second half. Yeah. Whereas the first half is just, you know, what could be yeah. if things go completely awry. You're making Fansky yeah. still making bad decisions. Dumb and, calls like taking points Watson off the board. Running for his life. Yes. And, you know, so, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a pass to his tackle because he's about to get sacked. I said, yeah, Goron noise for Jack Conklin because he couldn't what catch the ball either. What do you want him either. to do? But like, it doesn't he's matter. Not supposed, he's not he's supposed not, to catch it. He's not an he, eligible receiver. He's kind of like, the ball went off his hands and he kind of just looked back at him like, was that for me? Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That was that was a that was a Goron noise that that play <laughs> all the way around. So yeah, like if we have a bunch of halves like we had the first half of this game, Stavansky's probably getting fired in midseason. We're probably looking at full scale regime change next year, particularly with guys like Garrett and Chubb being in the last year of their contracts. But if we have something like the second half of the of this game where the Browns are lighting up the scoreboard, and everybody's, you know, happy. Well, you know, we could be looking at playoffs. We could be looking at AFC North title. Who knows? You know, it's, yeah. this is going to be a really open-ended offseason, and you're going to have people with some very different viewpoints of how next year is going to go. And this game doesn't do anything to dissuade anyone on either side. You have, like, yeah. the pro-Watson, pro-Stefanski camp. They got what they wanted today. Mm-hmm. And then the antis, they sort of got a little bit of what they wanted today as well. Yeah, so they got all riled up in the first half, yeah. You know, who knows what we'll see next week in Pittsburgh. But, uh, y- you know, Browns are going to be playing to try to stay out of the the division basement on the last week of the season. Yeah, and, and if so. if Pittsburgh's if Pittsburgh's able to beat Baltimore uh, tonight, uh, the Browns will tr- be trying to play the ultimate role of spoiler next week to try. Yeah, because we'll out talk the about around the NFL here in a little bit, but uh, yeah. you know, a lot of implications there too. Let's do that because I the Browns. There's one question I want to pose before we do that. Okay, though. sure. Browns defense undoubtedly has been much better within the last six games or so. Yeah. They got beat up in two games in November by uh, by Miami and Buffalo. Since then, the Browns have only given up more than 20 points in the game one time. Okay. And that was against Cincinnati, who has just been absolutely on fire yep. over the last almost two months. Has Joe Woods done enough to keep his job? No. Oh, Okay. No, because this is the. This Am is I the, dumb for even posing that question? No, you're not dumb because uh, objectively they have played better over the last you know month or so. My thing is this is two years in a row now where the defense has essentially 
played better when it hasn't really mattered? Were we still were we still in contention to make the playoffs up until last week? Yes. But what were our percentage chances? 2%, you know, 0.7%, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't much. I mean, we said when they lost Cincinnati that was effectively game over. When the Browns when the Browns have needed their defense to play well, needed their defense to play well, they don't play well. They play well when it doesn't matter. Like today, they played a, outside that one drive. They played a great game. Who cares? They can't make the playoffs. What does it matter? Yeah, uh, well, today it didn't matter at all. So, yes. I, you, you talk about— matter for the commanders. You talk about last week, yeah, they only gave up 17 points, but they gave up 17 points in probably the worst weather conditions we've had since the, the Snow Bowl in 2007. It was very reminiscent of the grapple game against the Raiders back so in 2020. So giving up 17 points in that scenario is almost like giving up 30-plus with, with good weather. So did they really— I could, I could see that, Did yes. they really play well last week? And last week, you were—last week, you were on—you were on the brink. You had—that was a game you had to win to have any sort of chance in the last two weeks. And like they do every single time, it seems, and even in that weather— they get double dipped before the first half and the start the second half. I am going to defend them in one sense, though. One of the Saints' touchdowns happened after an offensive turnover where the Saints were starting inside the Browns' twenty. That's that, true. That, that is hurts. true. And, and and you could say that you know seventeen points should should have been good enough to win because the Browns dropped three touchdown passes. So yeah. I, I get that. Not an easy day to catch the football either, but but it, at still the same can't do it at the same time. Like you gave up. You lost to a team that plays in a dome in the South that never plays in this weather. Almost and never. You let them go back to back on you on on touch on uh, on touch or touchdown or field goal and touchdown drives to end the first half and then start the second half, and that that was basically it. I mean, when the, the Browns were up ten nothing, and yeah, again, at the end of the game they dropped three touchdown or throughout the course of the game they dropped three touchdown passes. They should have won the game. But the defense did not help, so I'm not here to relitigate everything about that. I'm just, for me, yes, the defense has played better over the last month or so. I, I, if it were me, Joe Woods would have would have been fired before he had the chance to do that because Joe Woods would have been fired probably at the bye week for me after they played Miami and yeah, and yeah, just got right. ran Lost off the thirty nine to seventeen yeah. yeah. So I'm still I'm still letting it because this is a trend. What do I expect next? I don't expect anything to change. Next year, I expect the defense to be bad the first half of the season and then to come on in the second half of the season, probably when we're like six and eight and you know, probably out of it. So if that's gonna be the case, the difference is gonna be that theoretically with Deshaun Watson, as opposed to Jacoby Brissett, we should be able to put up thirty plus points and win some of these games that we so. didn't win. You know, games like well, the Jets and the Falcons and the Chargers. I mean, we didn't play bad offensively in some of these games. I mean, we were 28 points, 30 points. But, you know, it's, it's a play here or a play there. And, you know, as, we're, as we transition to around the NFL right now, how different would things look right now if we got that Jets game or we got that Chargers game yeah, or got that Baltimore game that, I still feel was ripped away because of a ridiculous penalty in the final minute of the game that wiped out the game-winning touchdown. That's the one that still sticks in my craw to this day. But be that as it may, uh, so the Browns are 7-9. Again, if they would have had one more victory, 
We kept saying this week after week after week on this podcast. You just give one more victory, particularly against one of those three teams I just mentioned, it would have changed literally everything. Yeah, they're going to miss the playoffs by a game. And instead, yeah, I mean, that's by one or two games. And, yeah, it depends on next week against Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah, just a real pain in the rear when you when you think about it. You look at, you know, the games that – the three games mainly that we talked about early in the season – and then you throw in that Saints game from last week. You win one of any of those four games, and next week you're playing Pittsburgh with a, with winner goes to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, the, you got teams out in the East that w- they're also vying for it, and the yeah, yeah, it would be down between the the Browns, the Steelers, and then probably the Jets and Miami and New England. But you know. Right. But anyway, going through it here, uh, well, we just mentioned pretty much all those teams. I'll start in New England, where the Patriots kept their season alive. They defeated Miami 23-21. to uh, Miami has now lost five in a row. Talk about a team like you were 8-3. and three. All you had to do is like win one or two more games and you're in. They have not been able to do it. Crazy. So New England now is in the catbird seat as far as the seven seed is concerned. They win next week against... Buffalo, they'll do it. Now, granted, they have to play at Buffalo, which is not going to be easy. So still a lot of work to be done for them. But uh, they are in a position where they are now winning in. Miami now needs help. I mentioned the Jets a little bit ago. They are losing in Seattle 20-6. to This is a crucial game for both of these teams. Pretty much the loser is done mm-hmm. uh, on either side. Uh, both teams came in at 7-8. and eight, So the Seahawks would be 8-8. Eight and eight. They'd be right in, tied in this seven seed mix in the NFC, uh, which we'll talk about more here in a bit. Continuing down the one o'clock board here, the Lions, one of those other teams that are in the NFC mix, they pounded the Bears 41 to 10 today. They are now eight and eight. They've won, I think, what, seven of their last nine after starting one and six. This would be nothing short of miraculous if the Lions managed to make the playoffs after starting one and six. Yeah. I'm, the Bears on the other side are three and thirteen. Wow, stink. <laughs> yep. I can't say what you said on air before the podcast began, but not not good times for the oh. Bears fans. <laughs> I was just reading a tweet. <laughs> there are some pretty funny tweets going on about the Bears this afternoon. They, it's not going well for them. And the only team in the league that's worse than them are the Texans. They got My beat God, thirty-one they to three by the Jaguars, who are in the ascendancy and are now eight and eight. The Jags are going to host a playoff game. They win next week. They will. Yeah. Yeah. It's a winner-take-all game next week for them against the Titans. We're going the opposite way. If the Jags win next week, there will be two home playoff games played in the state of Florida. Neither of them will be in Miami. Which was absolutely not well. You could have seen Tampa at the beginning of the season, but you wouldn't have thought Jacksonville. Yeah. No way. Uh, That and Miami's falling off a cliff. Totally. Speaking of Tampa... They defeated Carolina 30-24. to I got to tell you, this game got really spicy toward the end. Carolina elected to kick a field goal on second down mm-hmm. on their second-to-last possession because they needed two scores. That, yep. so then they were down nine. They get that. They don't get the onside kick recovery, but then they stop Tampa. Mm-hmm. The punt play, it's oh a horrible God. snap. Oh, my God. Hunter picks it up. He's now running for his life toward the sideline, and he makes one of the smartest, best plays by a special teams player I've seen maybe ever. Yeah. He just, like, gives it a little rugby kick kind yep. of, almost out of desperation, 
and he kicks that thing down inside the five-yard line. Yeah, with like three Panthers bearing down on him, trying to either tackle him or block the kick. Incredible, and it ended up basically saving the game because Carolina hit a deep ball that got them almost to midfield. Yeah, um, and they were just a, like lateral plays. They got almost inside the and twenty before I, they got tackled. I couldn't. Last, I couldn't end. believe. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe they, they got the ball to about, like I think, like the 42. And then you think, okay, they're just going to throw one up. They're going to false start. You guy false started. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Which forced them to have to go with a lateral play because Sam Darnold can't throw it 65 yards. Right. But uh, so after all of that, the Buccaneers do win the, the NFC South championship. Tom Brady is still amazing. Um, he had – like 450 yards passing today. Mike Evans had three uh, over 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Yep. That was what we thought we were going to see out of Tampa much b- more before today. Uh, does this perhaps give the other teams in the NFC something to think about? Because as we're going to discuss here in a minute, none of the top teams in the NFC are looking good today. No. You know, no, not at all. Who knows? I mean, one such team is Philadelphia. They've been without Jalen Hurts the last two weeks, and boy, has it shown. They played New Orleans today, and they lost at home 20-10. to 10. That was not a meaningless game for Philly. They still needed to win one more to win the division in the one I seed. didn't realize they were so Jalen Hurts dependent. I didn't either. They didn't, they put, who did they lose to last week? Dallas. And it wasn't because okay. of their, their offense last week. They put up 34 yeah. points, but they gave up 40 and That's lost. true. I mean, you're playing Dallas. Dallas is a good team, so if you're you're missing your quarterback, yeah, you expect not to win that game. But today, yeah, against against New Orleans, I mean, I guess New Orleans technically thought they still had something to play for. They did going at the into start today. of the day. Yeah, they don't anymore, but um, they did at the start of the day, so they were motivated playing that game. But yeah, I uh, hmm. yeah, not you know the Eagles kind of limping into the finish line here, and another team that's limping into the finish line, Minnesota. Boy, they look terrible. Don't today. even get me started. Twenty-seven to since three. Since we started this podcast, since we started this podcast, Kirk Cousins has fumbled. <laughs> yeah, if, if you if you don't understand what I'm talking about, I Kirk Cousins is is stealing three hundred dollars from me in a fantasy football championship, stealing it. All he had to do was play a regular game, but no, he's got to just give the ball to to Green Bay four hundred times. Needless to say, not a good day for the Vikings. Oh, I will sports hate Kirk Cousins for the rest of my life after this. Ouch. The Vikings are going to lose their shot at the one seed here, but the Packers good. are going to move to 8-8. Eight and eight, You freaks. And they're basically, I think they play the, the Lions next week, and it's going to be winning in pretty much, unless, although Seattle might have something to say about that too. I'm not sure how that's going to play out, but those are your primary players there. Um, team that's really getting on my crap list right now is Kansas City. I cannot figure out for the life of me when to pick the Chiefs against the spread and when not to. It seems like I get every single one of their games wrong. This one looked like a lock. The Broncos looked horrendous last week on Christmas, and their coaches fired. Every reason for them to just mail it in, and somehow the Broncos were winning this game in the fourth quarter before the Chiefs finally pull it out, 27-24. So the Chiefs do the minimum necessary. They are still on top of the AFC by a half game. The Bills, I believe, can go in front of them if they beat Cincinnati on Monday night. We're going to talk more about that one in a little bit. 
continuing down the board here, the another game I thought was going to be a lock today has not turned out to be. The 49ers and the Raiders, the Bay Area Derby, or what used to be the Bay Area Derby. San Francisco, uh, they, San Francisco has has almost been a lock against the spread the last like six weeks. Yeah, the Raiders are are playing a a third string quarterback practically, and yet this game is tied at twenty four going into the fourth quarter. Crazy. The, the Raiders will technically not be dead. Yeah. If assuming the results hold, if they can win that game and the Jets don't come back against Seattle, which right now they're down fourteen with twelve minutes left, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So. Because again, because the tiebreakers, the Raiders are technically alive, while the Browns have the same record or not. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's why losing those teams, like we have talked about many, many times, matters. You know, the Raiders have won enough of the the crucial games to stay in it. One team that did take advantage of um, their own situation and punched their ticket to the playoffs today, the Giants. They pounded the Colts thirty-eight to ten. They are in the playoffs, nine mm-hmm. six and one. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season, other than like the Nobody. most diehard of Giants fans, even that they them. were making the playoffs? Even them. No way. Wow. I'll tell you what. Daniel Jones may be playing his way into a contract extension with the Giants. He looked damn good today. He he was he was DOA at the beginning of this year. But yeah. Talk about turning things around. I mean, he, you know, despite the fact that the Giants have such a good record, it was not because of him. I mean, I'll tell you, I have Daniel Jones, and he was on my bench today. If I had played him over Dak Prescott, Peter would have no chance of beating me. No. Dak scored 14 points. Daniel Jones, 37. Yeah, going back with the Cowboys, they defeated the Titans on Thursday night, 27-13. to That gives the Cowboys, to couple with the Eagles' loss here, that still gives them a shot at the NFC East title and – Thanks to Minnesota losing today, possibly even the one seed. By the way, Dak Prescott stinks. He's not very good. No, he keeps turning the ball over. He leads the league in interceptions. He's missed five games this year. That's really something. He's thrown like 11 picks over the last like six weeks. And like three of them have been pick sixes. <sighs> How the Cowboys continue to do what they're doing. Now, the Titans were resting everybody. They, yeah. they That game didn't even matter to them, so... Yeah, you know, be that as it they're, may, they're, but they're, Dallas will take Dallas's it. Dallas's defense has been incredible this year. Dallas is kind of going to get is kind of going to luck out in the final week here too, because it looks like because Green Bay is going to beat Minnesota, the Commanders are going to be eliminated. So they're not going to have anything to play for in the final week either. So Boy, you have need- to you're looking good if you're Dallas. You just got to hope that the Giants don't just kind of sit on their rear and not do anything against Philly next week. I need. I need two more touchdowns out of e, a combination of Kirk Cousins and McCaffrey for me to have any chance. Well, Christian McCaffrey is certainly possible. Niners and the Raiders, oh, of course, are yeah. tied at 24. He's not going to score two. There's only nine minutes left in that game. He's not going to score two, t- two more touchdowns. Sunday, I, I would love him to I would love him to score the game-winning touchdown in that game. That would be awesome. And if Kirk Cousins can get his thumb out of his butthole, you know, I mean, he's got two points, two fantasy points. Just for the record, the Packers have first and goal on the Minnesota two coming out of the third quarter. Oh, that, that so and that about to and that would be worse. and that would be even that would be even better is if the Packers score a touchdown here and then they just pull Kirk Cousins. They just yank him. <laughs> Can't believe I put that out into the ether. Anyway, uh, Sunday night. How are we in a world where the Steelers are getting flexed into Sunday night football? 
Son of a gun. Steelers versus Ravens because is the game tonight. Because they're literal cockroaches. They just don't die. The Steelers are 7-8. and eight. The Ravens are 10-5. and five. Baltimore's not eliminated, not eliminated from the AFC North hunt here. Who they, are you rooting for in that game? Probably Pittsburgh because if the Baltimore loses this game, they're probably, well, I don't know. But if Baltimore wins. They're probably not going to win the division if they lose but, this game. But if Baltimore wins, Pittsburgh's out probably. They Pittsburgh are. is out if they if they lose this game. But if, but if Pittsburgh wins, there's still the possibility that three teams from our division can get to the playoffs, and we're not one of them. It is possible. I wouldn't. I mean, where do the Steelers stand compared to these other teams? I mean, what's the probability that if the Steelers have a chance to make the playoffs, that we're going to go into uh, Acre or whatever the hell they call that stadium now, and and actually win? Probably what two percent? Yeah, probably not likely if you look at the historical precedent. Oy. And then there's Monday, which is a massive game. Buffalo playing at Cincinnati. What a Monday night finale that is. The Bills at 12-3, and three, the Bengals at 11-4. and four. The Bengals would still have a shot at, well, they, well, they not only AFC North title, but also possibly the one seed if they win this game. Because that game's have, huge for the one they'll seed. They'll have head-to-head victories over both Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah, both the double Meanwhile, whammy. if Buffalo wins this game, they will move into first place in the AFC over Kansas City because they did beat Kansas City as well. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're the Chiefs, you got to hope that the Bengals win this game and then you take care of business next week because you're losing the tiebreakers against both these teams. Right. Uh, yeah, so... it. And again, if Cincinnati were to lose this game, then next week becomes life or death pretty much because then they have to beat Baltimore to win the AFC North. Yeah. So, man, oh, man. Big time. A lot going on there, both in the AFC North and as the AFC one seed. So, yeah, to sort of recap the wild card situation again, in the AFC, Raiders, Steelers, uh, Patriots, Dolphins, those four we know are still going to be in it. The Jets, I think, are going to be eliminated here, barring a really late turnaround against the Seahawks. Doesn't look likely. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be one of those four that get in. New England's got the tiebreaker advantage, but they have the hardest matchup in Week 18. So, boy, when you're talking about Pittsburgh, ah, man, they really could get there if Baltimore, if they do beat Baltimore tonight. Yep. I don't know who would have the tiebreaker between them and, say, Miami. or I mean, because it would be down between them and New England and Pittsburgh, pretty much. Yeah. Over in the NFC, you got Detroit there. You've got Green Bay there. I mean, that's, that's win and in. Or, you know, I'm not sure where Seattle stacks up compared to those other two teams. But, uh, you know, maybe one result or the other might put the Seahawks in in front of the Packers or the, the Lions, but it's it's going to be one of those three, it looks like at this point, getting the final s- spot in the NFC. Right. Um, and then you've got the winner-go-home match in the AFC South between the Titans and the Jaguars. That's probably going to be your Sunday night football game next week, if mm-hmm. I had to guess. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, wait. There's almost no scenario where you would ever, you would have ever thought that there would be a winner-go-home Sunday night game in Jacksonville. Yeah. But that's what we're looking at next week. Right. How about that? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is why we are so frustrated here in Cleveland. Why couldn't that have been us? 
what is going on here? Like coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, we were talking about the Commanders being a team in the ascendancy a few weeks ago. Now they've fallen off. We we're talking about the Lions. Lions and Green Bay. Like if if Seattle were to have lost today, they could have put the the Packers Lions game in that spot. Yeah. You know. Instead, they'll go with the more sure thing with with Titans Jaguars probably. But like these teams, you know, Jacksonville and Detroit, these are two organizations that have been right up there with Cleveland over the last two decades as complete and utter futility for the most part. And these guys are playing meaningful games in Week 18. Are we? Right. No. Bull. San Francisco's got third and four from the Vegas six. Come on. Swing pass to McCaffrey for a touchdown. Give me it. You know you want to. Packers are now up 34-3. I didn't even mention the Chargers versus Rams game, the L.A. Derby. The Chargers are pounding the Rams 31-10. to Pounding them. Austin Eckler's got about 175 yards and two scores. Much to Dan Chagrin. Screw that. Anyway. So that's it. We, we get the Steelers, but I guess the final thought for me is, and I'll pose this question to you, Dan. Say the Browns beat the Steelers next week. Yep. That would complete a season sweep of Pittsburgh. They'll finish 4-2 and two in the AFC North, and they'll finish 8-9. and nine. Given the fact that they didn't have QB1 for the first two-thirds of the season, how do you rate that, like, grade-wise for the season? Well, you get, you get uh, plus points for sweeping the Steelers, always. And then you did not get swept by either of the other two teams. So... You get very good grades within the division. I just the games that we lost that are gonna cost us the, the playoffs are just gonna stick in my mind probably until next September. You lost to every team in the AFC East. And the three of them are either tied with you in record Damn or it. a game ahead. San Francisco kicked a field goal. Mm. Hurts. It's fine margins. It's really fine margin. It's a missed field goal against L.A. It's a blown coverage and a missed onside kick against the Jets. Yeah. It's a referee call that didn't go your way against Baltimore. You know, it's – Yeah. You just – it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I, but but to tough. answer my own question, I mean, the season for me is like somewhere between B- minus and C. If they finish 8-9, and nine, I mean, I wouldn't have any real severe issue with it, quite frankly. I mean, we all knew it was not going to be super easy having to go with the backup for the first 11 games. Right. My main disappointment would have been with the defense inside mostly, the I would say, the first 10 weeks of the season. I expected better. They mm-hmm. are playing better now. If they were playing better early on, that probably would have won them the Jets game and the Chargers game, and they'd be in the playoffs. So yeah. that's that's my disappointment. Yeah. So I can't give them a higher grade than that. It's a season of coulda, woulda, shoulda, but yeah. But this is not an F performance. Like I will say, I the will wheels say, could have completely fallen. Oh off, sure. I will say, if Pittsburgh wins tonight and then we go into Pittsburgh next week to end the season, beat them and knock them out of the playoffs, that will go a long way with me. I will say that. Hundred percent. If momentum going into the offseason means anything at all, that would definitely be a good way to yeah. send off the season. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We've got one more postgame show uh, this season, and we will do it next week. But until then, we will be back with LOTL on Wednesday. 
and uh, yeah, so we're gonna do we're gonna dive into that Steelers game. Obviously, we'll know if they can make the playoffs or not with the outcome of that game at, because of the game tonight. That's tonight, right? Yes. Okay. Bengals buff, Buffalo is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we will we will preview that matchup, and then we will talk about the Cavaliers. Uh, but it's been a bumpy road for the Cavs over the last over the holidays. Uh, they got a not mu- a very good week. They got a much needed win yesterday with uh, with a couple guys out. Much needed win, and then um, we're gonna kind of go through their schedule for the month of January because it is difficult. Hmm. So uh, the Cavs have got a difficult couple weeks in there for them. We'll see how they do. We will talk about that, and uh, yeah. So we will see you then, but uh, as for tonight, we appreciate you guys listening. You can follow us on social media. At Stis McGee. And at Daniel J. Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL Podcast. And we will catch you guys later this week. Thanks for listening, and we are out. See you. Bye. Bye.